Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So the Warriors hopefully add good vibes, a little point of attack defense, and a guy who knows the system and is really liked in that locker room, really liked by everyone in the franchise, Gary Payton II, comes on back. James Wiseman gets traded to Detroit for Sadiq Bay and Kevin Knox. Bay gets flipped to Atlanta for five second-round picks. Those five second-rounders and Kevin Knox get flipped up to Portland for Gary Payton II. So basically, if you just want to cut out all the red tape, you could say today... In a weird way, the Warriors traded James Wiseman to reacquire Gary Payton II. And as bad as that sounds, as bad on the surface as that sounds, they're a better team for having done it. And you can't clean up all the things in the timeline that you didn't like in the past. You can only deal with the moment in time that you're in and what you do going forward. So all the bets that people didn't like about the draft pick that didn't fit and whatever that didn't whatever whatever... It doesn't matter anymore. What do you do about it today? I think the Warriors became a better basketball team today. The problem for the Warriors is the three to four teams that they're directly competing against for the three, four, five, six spots, they absolutely, no bow to doubt it, became better basketball teams today. No doubt. No doubt. The Western Conference, Price Boker went up. Yeah, I mean, I think every team made a move. And for one day, that's not just unusual. It's almost unprecedented. Memphis didn't do anything, did they? I said almost everything. Okay, so Memphis didn't do anything. The Kings stuck and stayed like the beam. No, they got... They, they, what did the Kings do? Kessler Edwards from the Nets. I mean, he's not a he's not a 35-minute-a-game guy, but he'll give him a little bit. Okay. I'm, I, I have no opinion on Kessler Edwards. So I'm but not even, they, they did okay. something. Okay, so they did so, something. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, obviously, we know what the Mavericks did. Obviously, the Suns take the swing at Kevin Durant. The Clippers, again, not big deal, big deal trades, but, but they're, a lot of people are saying are going to be the first to the Russell Westbrook buyout. And they added Eric Gordon. Go Hoosiers. Just throwing that out there. Did the Pelicans do anything today? Nothing material, but their big acquisition will be when Zion Williamson comes back. So they're going to be better, too. Golden State Warriors' big acquisition at the uh, for the last third of the year is going to be Steph Curry. There you go. You're going to get yeah. Steph Curry and Gary Payton the second. That's good. Hopefully you can go to war with that because that's what you're going to war with. There's, yeah, you know, a couple of guys on the trade or on on the buyout that we were talking about. We even asked Anthony Slater, you know, maybe Serge Ibaka, but he's right. Serge Ibaka has been a guy. The name is still awesome. When you catch him out of the corner of your eye, he's usually sticking like a corner three, or maybe he's even defending something decent enough to where you still go, huh, Serge Ibaka. But then you go to the box score and you figure out he had that one three and that one rebound that yeah. you saw, and he's not really Serge Ibaka anymore. No, he's pretty well crabbed. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's such a nice way to say it. <laughs> he's crabbed. So it was a loss for the Warriors last night up in Portland. Funny, watching the game, I'm watching them play against Gary Payton the second, and I just said, well, it'd be nice to have him back. And sure enough, he's back. In their remaining 35 games, again, we started this clock ticking in that home win over Memphis in the same week that they beat uh, the Raptors at Chase Center. 
The Warriors are now 5-3 and three in their final 35-game stretch. They're 4-0 at home with a chance to go to 5-0 and on Sunday, or Saturday, pardon me, with a win over the Lakers, the revamped Lakers. And there are 17 remaining road games. So far, they're 1-3. and That's That's got to start dramatically improving, or you're looking at a 42-40 and finish if you come in just three games over 500, which is a pace of winning that the Warriors have not been at at any point in time this year. So they got to turn things around quickly, or they're... I mean, there is a world that exists, Ray. It's hard to see. It's hard to see. If you squint, you can see him missing the playoffs. Oh, yeah. No question. I mean, if if Curry has a setback, if they don't... If Clay were to go down for a significant amount of time, if Draymond were to miss any time. Yeah, well, but more than that, if they can't get Curry back fully operational, all of a sudden... The, the offense that they could rely on on nights when they're not playing defense is dramatically limited. You know, pool or no pool, Thompson or no Thompson. Curry changes the way teams defend the Warriors. And if he's, if he's lost half a step, if, he's, if it takes him longer to heal than they're expecting to, yeah, they could easily finish 11th or 12th. I mean, presumably you would think that, you know, the Lakers won't continue to be 13th. I mean, they've spent all but two days of this season outside the play-in barrier, which means they've been 11th and lower. Unless unless they have badly miscalculated, they should be better. Did you see that they've added Malik Beasley to a team that employs Scottie Pippen Jr.? Do you know what's going on there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Malik Beasley banged Scottie Pippen's mom like full time for 12 months. <laughs> it's entertainment. That is that is uh, an interesting locker room dynamic. But they've had those before and they brought back one of the stars of those interesting dynamics in D'Angelo Russell. That's right. Oh no, they, they, once again they have voted against team chemistry. <laughs> it's uh, They fixed a the chemistry problem by inheriting two potential new ones. By, by two guys who might mace each other the minute they get on the court. <laughs> yeah, and we're not even counting, you know, Russell's past. Well, here's the thing. D'Angelo was young at the time. I think he, 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 he hasn't had an in-the-locker-room disruption since he, what, sort of did a little jailbird singing on uh, the relationship between Swaggy P and Iggy Azalea, who, by the way, has her now, I believe, her own... OnlyFans page, Ray. Okay. That means things aren't going well in her music career, but she's making bank, showing off the butt cheeks. I have no idea what OnlyFans is. Well, you show off your butt cheeks there. Okay, grand. She has very ample butt cheeks. Okay. I feel like you need to know this. Wow, you've you've misread the whole situation there. (laughs) (laughs) Quinn, South San Francisco. Hello, Quinn. How are you? Doing well, guys. How about yourself? Thanks for letting me join in. You got it. So I don't know if we uh, talked about the Wiseman trade already, or oh yes, uh, no, not at all. Haven't even Bob mentioned it. For, <laughs> are we mad at Bob? Or are we happy with Bob's move? I mean, we got a guy who off off the books who never even played in the game. Uh, we actually kind of made a cheaper deal, right? I feel like they- Wiseman's eight and a half mil that he was out this year, and then the twelve and a half mil next year kind of is trumped by the two eight and a half mils that we owe, I guess, GP2 now for these next two years. But besides that, we have a little more cohesion on the team. We lost a little size, but are we happy with this move? Are we are we okay with having GP2 back for this small, deep kind of bench unit that we have now? These are all legit questions, Quinn. That Thank we you. have, in fact, answered. Yeah, we, they, we, we've been talking about it. Send them to the app. Yeah, we've been, we've been talking about it quite a bit. But just to quickly recap, I, look, I don't think you can be bad, uh, angry at Bob Myers. Not all draft picks work out. Nothing there is guaranteed. And the, the reasons to risk picking Wiseman were evident on the night where they picked Wiseman. I don't have a problem with the draft pick. It just didn't work out. I think a bigger complaint department 
could be shown to the doorstep of the coaching staff. Who had this, if you want to call him, raw ball of clay. Not Thompson, but actual clay to mold in James Wiseman. And just couldn't get it out of him. Couldn't coach into him what they needed out of him. Or couldn't subtract from him the things that prevented him from becoming valuable to them. And they had three years. I mean, the amount of... Yeah, he might have been hurt, but we can at least talk you through this film session. We can at least chalk talk you into our philosophies. The amount of mental reps that you're getting in a courtside seat watching this all happen every night goes to infinity here. Like, I mean, come on, man. It's year three. You shouldn't look lost in space on the court in year three. Yet he never really came over that. And you could say, you know, maybe that's on him, his lack of discipline, his lack of dog, whatever. Or it's the coaching staff. But look, it, it just did not work. It did not fit. And I don't think being angry at Bob Myers accomplishes anything because he's good at his job for the most part. No, but it still goes on his permanent record the way Jacob Evans does and some other failed draft choices because sure. that's the nature of the deal. Sure. Oh, yeah. Um, this gets scored against them. Yeah. As a franchise, this is a the, loss. But here's the thing. That's irrelevant. Once you've moved on from the player, you can't justify a draft anymore. You know, because it's, you know, if if the coaches have to bear some responsibility for not coaching Wiseman up, so does Myers for taking him in the first place. That said, everything stops mattering the minute you've moved on from him. Because the nature of a draft is there's another one the next year. And as we saw today, any team that doesn't have five second-round draft picks that they could turn into a first-round draft pick at some point wasn't paying attention. More second-round picks move today than in any day in the history of the league. So... You always get another series of bites of the apple. And one bad draft pick one year does not mar you in the future if you get off it quickly enough. And look, maybe the Warriors have learned the lesson that these draft picks really aren't going to show up and help you day one. The way that this team is built, wanting to win one more for the core three, which might not even exist together as we know it after this year. And this is another, like, if you wanted to play connect the dots with this season and next season. So what happens if Draymond really opts out? If Draymond opts out because he's got a multi-year deal waiting for him somewhere else and he'd rather go ring that cash bell than stay with the Warriors. If Draymond doesn't come back, your center next year is Kavon Looney and good luck with that. Like, wouldn't that have been a year to make sure that James Wiseman were still on your roster? And, hey, if it's, you, you know, you got no choice here but to play him at this point. Like, there's you got to force this round object into the square hole. Like, I mean, it, 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 if Draymond walks now, they're in trouble next year. Well, they have to go out and get a big guy. There are other big guys in the world. Right. You can't, but big buys don't really fit in with this team. It's it's always been no, a little hard fit. No, it, it well, it's not a hard fit if you get guys who understand that their box scores aren't going to look pretty. You could find guys like that. Jakob Pertl is exactly, yeah, you know, he, he's he's not an unusual big guy, but he fits that mold. And there was a landing place for him today. You, you just have to find whoever the next version of Draymond Green is. Knowing that it won't be as good in all likelihood. But you do the best you can with what's on the menu. Again, everything needs to happen in the service of Steph Curry and his wishes. And if Steph Curry goes up to Bob Myers, Joe Lacob, and says, I need Draymond. They have to suck whatever cap hit, repeater tax bill they're going to get. They're just going to have to suck it up and, and do it. And do it. Draymond Green, if he were on the about-to-be-out-of-town track, I think moving on from James Wiseman puts him right directly back on the you-cannot-afford-to-have-him-go-out-of-town. To me, the next step in the Warriors' team-building process is working out a multi-year contract extension for Draymond Green as soon as you can this offseason. Well, the fact that they reached back to the past to get Peyton suggests that they're more inclined to do that. Just because if you're looking to force feed the future in a different way. A, you don't move Weissman. And B, you don't move him for a guy you had a year ago. I think the Warriors, are, this is a kind of a tacit 
confession that they moved too fast with the two-track thing. That this iteration of the Warriors has to play itself out. It's not done playing itself out yet. And if it means the transition's a little more jittery in two years, then so be it. You can't make 2026 happen when you're in 2023. And I think that is a fundamental mistake that they made this year. They tried to make that work, and it doesn't. You can only coach one team, not two. A couple of things popping up on the Xfinity Mobile text line. A few questions about Kevin Love being a potential buyout candidate. I think he is going to be a potential buyout candidate, but for the Lakers. I think the Lakers are going to go after Kevin Love based on LeBron is still building that team. I think LeBron would want Kevin Love, and I think... Kevin Love would want to go play with LeBron. So I, I, I think that that's what actually happens there. Again, could, da- could Serge Ibaka be David West? No, I don't think so. Not at this point in his career. Um, somebody says, what about Juan Toscano-Anderson? If the Jazz buy him out, you'd be better off giving those minutes to Anthony Lamb. Like well, Anthony Lamb is twice the player Juan Toscano-Anderson is. I hate to say it, but it's the truth. No, he, he was a fun story, but you saw how he was used the latter half of the year last year. He was, he was the 11th guy. And all well and good. He had a great attitude. He was a fun teammate by all accounts. But if you're looking for players who provide impact in the minutes they play, you have to shop in a better aisle. Yeah. I mean, and there's no disrespect. We, we, we would all be so lucky to be, you know, the type of didn't work out that Juan Toscano-Anderson is. Oh, well, it's not being compared to us. It's being compared to guys you've got on the roster. Right, I know. So. And the, the audience knows that, too. Well, nevertheless, they needed to hear it. Will in Berkeley. You're on 95.7 The Game with Damon and Ray. Will, what do you got? Um, you know, metrics aside, and even injuries aside, I think the Warriors, I think I trust the Warriors in terms of the culture that they have built over the last 10, I mean, whatever this, this dynasty has started. And so when you look at teams that people are like, oh, my God, so-and-so is going to the Suns and this person went to the lake, I mean, I don't trust it. I don't really trust it because I saw the Steve Nash-Dwight Howard connection. I saw, you know, Durant and, you know, Harden and, you know, Kyrie. I mean, come on. We, we can look at the metrics and say, oh, man, these guys are going to just – be a, you know, shut down the league, but did they really? <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out if that's really going to happen. Is that super team really going to make it? And you know, only thing I've seen is when Durant came to the Warriors. So, no, that. more super teams fail than succeed. That's true. But Thank you, Will. Every situation is different. You don't have the weird, disparate personalities in Phoenix that you had in Brooklyn. Chris Paul may be an irritating pain in the ass, but he's all about the ball. And so is Durant. They'll get along happily. Devin Booker, you know, coexisted quite happily with Chris Paul. He will coexist quite happily with Durant. Durant, for whatever you want to say about, you know, his his wanderlust and his need for affirmation, now knows that he's on a team where it's just about playing. Because he didn't construct this roster he joined it, and I think that liberates him to just be a player, which is ultimately, A, what he's best at, and B, what I think is his best world. I, I mean, I think, you know, this is as good a place for him to end up as any because he no longer has to take on burdens that aren't his to carry. Well, but again, if that's the world you wanted to live in, you were living in that world before you left it with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, but he had to try something else. He found out that that was a disaster. Yes, he did. So, you know, again, the Warriors made a mistake with James Weissman. Kevin Durant made a mistake with Brooklyn. Can I ask you a question? How come you always pronounce James Weissman's last name as if you were a German prison guard? I believe that's how he pronounces it. It's Weissman. I don't think so. It's been Weissman since the day he was drafted. Everyone in the world says Weissman, including him. Why do you call him Weissman? They don't call him Weissman. <laughs> yes, you do. No, I call him Weissman. <laughs> but it's not. It's Weissman. I don't believe... I think it's pronounced Weissman. I think when he first was drafted, we were told it's pronounced Weissman. And I think we, as a show, did it for maybe a day or two and then moved on. As did the world. Don't know... Exactly. 
Well, you get one crack at telling me what your name is. He took it. You made him sound like a prison guard. A German prison guard. <laughs> See, you're living in this Hogan's Heroes world that frankly doesn't suit you. Shorts. Uh, look it up, kids. One of the funniest, horribly bad taste shows ever. I mean, look at it this way. The hilarious German prison camp. How, 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 how badly would that pitch land today? So here's the thing. We're going to have a, a U.S. soldier prison camp. It's not quite a concentration camp. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> you know what? Given the number of channels there are now, it probably would have a landing spot. Because, let's face it, you know, HBO made a lovable meth addict, or a meth dealer, really. I mean, yeah, that's... It wasn't HBO, but I'm glad that you're aware that Breaking Bad was. happened. Yes, the anti-hero. Yeah, I mean, no, it just, you know, they, they made a hero out of a mobster, you know, so... Hogan's I, I, heroes. I, I mean, heroes right there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gerald in San Francisco. How are you, Gerald? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how you doing, Damon? What's up? Ray. I, you know, if we, if the, if the Warriors' winning streak or ability to stay a winning team takes a, takes a tank, I'll put that squarely on the shoulders of Bob Myers. He never had, he never had where Jerry West looking over his shoulder after that big draft with Clay, Trey, and uh, Festus. And instead of, instead of recognizing that he already had stars, and find good role players to put along with them, we start swinging for the fence. If you think about putting good role players, kids that you knew could actually play basketball, then you don't go with Wiseman. You trade back. Maybe with Chicago, you take the Wendell kid that's now in Orlando, and he's here with Okongwu, who actually starts and plays in Atlanta and blocks shots and creates contact when he does a screen because he actually played basketball. And then Bob Myers' mindset after we won the championship was like, oh, you know, of course we need to take some shots because, you know, it's very hard for people to make the team. And yet we had to pull two kids off the scrap heap in order to fill them on the roster because we had so many doggone draft picks that we didn't have enough room for veterans to be on the squad. Because instead of taking the Jalen Williams power forward from Arkansas, a kid that knew how to rebound, take screens, take bumps in the lane, coming from a pro, pro program with an ex-Warriors coach, you took a kid that couldn't, that didn't play in the college, got hurt in high school, and was full of potential. PBJ ain't playing minutes. Meanwhile, the Jalen Williams kid could have been supporting Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. This is squarely on his view of how players should be picked. And this is on him. If we don't go any further, it's because we blew it when we had the opportunity to pick kids up that would have. All right, but but Gerald, let me just let me just ask you because it's so easy to make these criticisms with the power of hindsight. On the day of the draft, you don't know how a single career is going to go. You can only bet what your gut tells you, and their gut led them to the wrong place, obviously. But if you're going to put all of the it didn't work of this year on Bob Myers, how much of last year's fourth NBA championship are you going to put on Bob? Bob does a phenomenal job of finding players in free agency. He does that extremely well. So I give him all the credit in the world. Every every GM doesn't have the ace up their sleeve for everything that they need to do. I don't think Bob has saw the field well. He needed to pick players that had actually accomplished something that they could see translating on our squad. He just took two players that did not perform anything in college, underperform in college, and, and then turned around and didn't go to college. And then we're surprised when they're incomplete players, not able to contribute. Well, look, Baldwin, here's the thing. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is worth more of the risk because that came late in the draft. And he was a guy who was, you know, in high school talked about his potential to be in the lottery. So taking him where they drafted him, I got no problem with it all. And honestly, you know, James Wiseman, it did not work out. But I know why they took that gamble. 
I know why they made that risk. And it, it obviously, it did not work out. And Gerald, you have the right to point out it didn't work out. Like Ray was saying, it gets scored against Bob. Hey, maybe this team and its big philosophy should have just changed right from the get-go, Ray. And it should essentially be like an, you know, like a, a, a Los Angeles Rams F them picks. And they shouldn't even deal with the draft. They should just, from here on out, trade for cap space and add free agents. Yeah, because Kaminga's been pretty useless. That's a thing. You also got Kaminga. He's been pretty good. Yeah. Well, no, who's and, to and, say in this system, guys, that Jalen Williams, Wendell Carter, Okwongu, those guys that are caller, Gerald, great fire, love it, call back anytime. Those guys that they brought up would even be this sort of NBA player in this system under Steve Kerr. Would Draymond would told Warriors... you? Draymond told you specifically they wouldn't be exactly saying that being a young guy in a league, being a young guy on a bad team, gives you all opportunity to drop your you know what's all over the NBA because you're going to get the minutes without consequence. Yeah, Jalen Williams and Jalen Williams are on a team that roughly plays without consequence right now. Doesn't mean they won't be sensational players. I mean, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara Jalen Williams, is already very good. But he got picked 12th. He should be pretty good. And he's been, I think, better than anybody thought he'd be. When you pick 28th to get Patrick Baldwin, you are, by definition, taking a chance. Yeah. And, and if there is a criticism of Bob Myers, he took the chance at two. Sure, he could have traded down, you know, if he needed Tyrese Halliburton. Or he could have traded down even further if he thought that Desmond Bain was the was the call, or Tyrese Maxey. But it wasn't a great draft. Hey, and honestly, if he thought any of those players were the player to pick, he would have just taken him at two. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the thing. It's just Weissman was the obvious choice. Weissman. <laughs> More to the point, he was the logical choice because he was the best big man available and they were shopping for type not for a specific player which is what you typically do when you're picking second with a team that's already loaded if you're normally you're picking second because you stink then you could say i've targeted that guy because i'm going to build around him they picked james weissman so that he could work around them and it was too high a, a bar to, for him to clear and too high a bar for them to coach Woj wrote, the injury-riddled Wiseman, who's just 21, had fallen out of the Warriors' rotation this season, averaging seven points and three and a half rebounds. He was sent to the G League for seven games in November after struggling early this season. Then he missed another 15 games with an ankle injury and has seen action in just two games since, scoring 15 points in 21 minutes. And I think that the two games action since his return from his ankle injury was predicated on they knew this day was coming. And there's no way that they were going to risk him being hurt and remaining on this roster and having to pick up that fifth year or the, the, his, his, his last option. Um, they, ju they just knew. They weren't going to risk him getting hurt in a game that he probably wasn't going to affect that much. And again, the, there wasn't a single moment where the circumstances and his health lined up to benefit his career. Not with the Warriors, anyways. No, I mean, I think it, it was two trains passing in the station without ever sort of acknowledging each other. And that stuff happens. It just, it's the error that got fixed, and it's now irrelevant. Tom in Sonoma, you're on 95.7 The Game, Tom. Hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking my... Thank you for taking my call. Um, first thing I want to say is our problem is we lost Mike Brown, which we, in turn we lost our defense because of it. He was the guy that held down that defense and did a great job. And that's our problem is we don't have a defensive coordinator. I think that's the bigger issue. Um, and Wiseman was a bust. It was the biggest bust. I mean, how do you judge a player just playing three games before coming to the pros and put him number first round pick I don't get it you know he never could stay healthy you know time went on you know and now here we are and I think I'm glad to see Gary Payton come back to us so that's all I gotta say I'd love to hear what you think thank Th you thank you Tom look here's the deal James Wiseman was a bust for the Warriors there's no debating it it's over it did not work
Mike Brown leaving, it's not really something that they could prevent. Nor should they have. Head coaching opportunities are unique and precious things. He was ready to do it again. But yeah, they really do miss him. I think he was a big part of the, you know, we're talking about the vibes. He he set the defensive vibe. Like he's the guy who would keep the hustle board back in the in the locker room and and uh it his absence and departure has played a more significant role in this team's regression. I think as much as any misstep in player acquisition. I'm not sure I buy that. Because before Mike Brown, there was Ron Adams, and they played defense like crazy for him too. Right, and I don't they, think. And then I, they played for Mike, and yeah. now they don't have, really have either of those guys. But I think the bigger problem is that they are getting older, and the role players that they've had in the past who were defense first got replaced by guys who were not defense first. So that their good defensive players do not have the help they used to have, and they are also getting like a quarter step slower. I think this is more a process of age and roster selection than it is coaching. Because I don't think the Warriors are teaching defense any differently to this group of veterans than Mike Brown taught it to them or Ron Adams taught it to them. I think it's just time and not choosing for defense first with more of your your second line people. Josh in San Diego. Josh, what do you got? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hello. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for taking the call. Yep. Uh, just wanted to, to kind of chime in on a, on a couple points that I haven't heard yet. Um, one is that, get, you know, getting Gary back on the team really helps stop the point of attack. And what I've noticed watching a lot of the games this year is that we'll we'll be weak in the paint because we overhelp. So kind of stopping the dribble penetration should help us. Um, another thing that uh, Steve always says, is you got to hit singles. And I find it kind of funny that we drafted Wiseman when we could have just hit a single. So, uh, anyways, uh, interested to hear your thoughts on my takes, and uh, I'll sign off now. We're going to have Steve Kerr tomorrow, and I think that you phrased that question very well, and I would like to pose it to him when we have him tomorrow. Steve, for a guy who talks about hitting singles, was James Wiseman the home one, the, the home run swing that you regret not choking up a little bit more on. I don't know if he was a home run swing, though, because I don't think... Oh, they, they wanted him to be a grand slam. There's no doubt oh, about that. Everybody, you want every pick to be a grand slam. You want, you know... But I don't think they needed to hit a grand slam with him. They took a chance with him because he had a skill set they were in short supply of. And they knew that they were taking a gamble because he hadn't played very much. I think they wanted him to be functional. And functional on a good team is different than a difference maker on a bad team, which is where most number two picks go. So I I don't think they were looking at James Wiseman as a guy who was going to hit a grand slam for them because they don't perceive their center as a guy who has to hit grand slams. I think they wanted a solid double out of him. And they got a grounder to second. (laughs) GP2. For the other point that was just brought up, let me do. I I do think there's something to say about he is going to be much better at the point of attack. He is now the second person, the third really that they can deploy at the point of attack. A fourth if Clay can be that guy again one day. But they have Kaminga, Wiggins, and now Gary Payton the second to put on that ball and play it hard, especially when you're out there with the second unit. I do think that that is going to help leave a body in the paint for more help defense. That's an astute basketball observation. The other thing that I think where Gary Payton is going to really help them is in this. Hayward drives on Iguodala. Stops in traffic. Hook pass inside. Rotated up top. Washington for three. No good. Ball rebounded by Draymond. Just went up and got it. Finding Payton on the break. Goes up and jammed it right on top of Oubre. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he did where he went with the basketball? Let me give you another example. Curry crosses the logo right up the heart of it. Takes the dribble. Throws high post. Iguodala lob. Payton over the head. Back to the basket dunk for Gary Payton the second. Check air traffic control. There's something in the air tonight. Wait, what's that thing he's attacking? What's that called? Is that a rim? 
Is he actually going to the rim? Wait, what did he do it again? He did it again. Listen to this. Rebound Looney. Up top Curry. Back to Peyton in deep. Oh. Dunked it over Bataze and got fouled. Wow. Did you hear the magic F word in that highlight? We heard it the other night with LeBron. He was fouled. When a player is fouled, Ray, going to the rim in the act of shooting the basketball, they become rewarded with a bonus free throw. Did you know that? No, because I'm a moron. No, but the the Warriors apparently do not know that. They don't understand that sometimes contact gets you these free throws. And it's a big reason why they lost in Portland last night. Because they have turned into what I told you was the worst version of Charles Barkley's stereotyping jump-shooting team. And Kerr was asked about the final stretch of the game and where they blew it last night. They blew it in a lot of different ways. Mostly at the free throw line, which they didn't even bother getting to. We didn't execute very well. We did have some open looks that we didn't knock down, but there were a few possessions that we'd love to have back. You know, we just got into a little bit of a rush and uh, either took some, you know, difficult shots or turned it over once or twice. And But I think the, the difference in the game really was just the fouling. They shot 32 free throws to our 10. It's just hard to win a game. And I know this is a theme that we've been talking about all year, but it's, you know, when it's 31 to 9 from the foul line, that's a lot to overcome you got to make a ton of threes and which we did and you've got to win the turnover battle which we did even then it's that's why it's close but to get over the hump you gotta make every shot it seems like so we just we got outboarded and they beat us up at the foul line i thought that was the difference in the game yeah it's a make or miss league we made our shots tonight we actually took care of the ball tonight we didn't turn it over by the way i told you we were going to be tracking jordan pool threes to turnover ratio last night he had seven threes he only had two turnovers that should have been a warrior win but it wasn't it was a warrior loss because they don't get to the free throw line to the point where the other team's shooting 30 more free throws like there's a difference between yeah we shoot a lot of jump shots so they shot like eight or 12 more free throws than us dame goes to the line 16 times last night well the other combination and this is where i think peyton will be most important more than anything else is the warriors stink at transition defense that was one of the things he did best and he's got he some would transition get offense to him too he runs he goes well, to the rim okay but what the warriors need more than anything else is better defense and it starts with getting guys out in transition to make the initial stop so that the other team doesn't have a five second possession that ends up with a three point play that's where Peyton made his name and that's I think the biggest reason why they traded for him and why they selected him rather than some other guy I think they know that he helps with transition defense and Steve Kerr has said more than more than once, that transition defense in this league is awful. It's, it has been. And I think he wants to give the Warriors something that other teams aren't good at. We go to Chip in San Francisco. Chip, what do you got? One, two, three, four, five. Chip, thank you very, very much. Sorry, we got to move. We're running out of show here. The Angry Black in San Jose. Angry Black. What's going on, you dynamic duo? Here's the thing, and there's so much with this Warrior team this year. And um, I'm, I'm unlike you, I'm kind of sad to see Wiseman go. Uh, you know, a 21-year-old that didn't have a lot of experience playing real basketball. The, the upside was high, but it just didn't happen. And, you know, it's not my money, so I, I, don't, I really don't have to worry about it. But here's the thing what a lot of people fail to realize as a Warrior fan in the Bay Area. This team has been to the playoffs or in the playoffs or have won a championship, what, what, seven out of the last eight years or whatever. So that's pretty much like 20 extra games a year. So that's almost two seasons. Not only are the core players older, but they're older and they look tired a lot there's, of times. There's tread off the tire. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm okay with Gary Payton, you know, coming back. But really, to make an impact, he's got to play 24 to 28 minutes. Is he going to play that much? He's like a bull in a uh, in a in a china room. He's one of the only guys that is not scared to play in the paint and get fouled and trying to make a shot. You know, uh, and I, I think the defense could be better with him if Clay's 80 percent of what he is. If Iguodala gets out of street clothes and actually can play in the playoffs, 
uh, you know, along with uh, GP2, you know, uh, Wiggins, can, they can win a game, but it's going to be hard with these more younger athletic teams right now. But this team is old and they are tired, but they're still my warriors. It's going to be hard. Thank you for the call. It's going to be hard going up against the teams that they're really directly battling for the three, four, five, six. The teams who are sitting three, four, five, six pretty much all got better today. Maybe the Kings the least impressively better, but look, I mean, if I would love it if Kevin Durant's career ended without him winning another championship. Like to me, that would the Schadenfreude on that would be huge. But I also really like Suns fans. Like they deserve something nice. Maybe he's going to be reinvigorated, Ray, because he's going to go to a dying for a winner franchise. And here's the deal. Like, Kevin Durant can never be billed as a leader again. He can never be billed as someone that is a centerpiece. He is a piece. But he needs pieces around him to have ultimate NBA success. He's not a leader. um, And I don't think there's anything to to debate there. But what he is is he's a bucket. And if I were putting together a team to go play for the rights to planet Earth not exploding... Kevin Durant, as much as I dislike him as a leader, he's on the team because he's a bucket. We'll see what the Suns teams look like. I'm also telling you right now that Chris Paul is going to pull his hamstring in the very next game. And you're going to have to be on hamstring watch the rest of the way with Chris Paul. And then he's going to miss three games in the Western Conference Finals. And that's where it ends. Well, then you don't get what you want. But no, Durant is actually a leader on the floor, but he's not a good general manager. That's the difference. He want, When he went to Brooklyn, he wanted to be the general manager. He was the general manager. And he chose poorly. Now he is the most important player on a very good team that has other really good pieces. And that's when he thrived the best, because that's what he was here. When we come on back, a few more calls and a goodbye to a man who was a chief architect of saccharin pop music. Sounds good, right? I don't think so, but you can try me after. Stick around. You'll at least recognize him. I can promise that. Uh, Oh, I know who you're talking about. Never mind. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game, brought to you by the Bud Light Guest Line. All of our guests appear on the Bud Light Guest Line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. We're also brought to you by 5-Hour Energy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Raindrops are falling on my head. Just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed Nothing seems to fit Those raindrops are falling on my head They keep falling I mean, it's not a song I put on and crank often, but it's catchy. It's freaking catchy. RPI, RPI, RPI Fieldhouse. Go Red Wings. Uh, R.I.P. To Burt Bacharach. Burt Bacharach. 94 years old, dies of natural causes. This guy put his fingerprints all over popular American music for about a half century, Ray, to the point where they even say he's the father of saccharin popular music. Uh, won an Oscar for his most famous song that you're hearing right now, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, won another Oscar for helping to compose Arthur's theme with yacht rock icon Christopher Cross. When you get lost between the moon and New York City. That's on. Uh, segments where you sing are never good. I know. As opposed to the other ones. I'm, I'm remaining open on them. Obviously, cameos in Austin Powers introduced him to an entire new generation that wasn't around when Burt had his fastball. In the late 60s and 70s, Ray, that's when he was at his, uh, in his prime. Six Grammys as a writer, arranger, performer. Uh, left stamps on TV, music, and Broadway. Did you know that he wrote Do You Know the Way to San Jose for Dionne Warwick? Yes, I did. Did you know that he wrote What's New Pussycat for Tom Jones? Yes, I did. Well, then you know everything you need to know about Burt Bacharach. I do. Especially that he's not singing here. There you go. No, that's not him singing. Or is that, is that, does he come in a little bit? No, I think that's just B.J. Thomas. Okay. Look at you, B.J. Thomas. Shout out tonight. Yeah, that happens a lot. We go to Paul in San Jose. Paul, we're wrapping things up today. A day of the NBA trade deadline has come and gone. Our trade deadline coverage, by the way, brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. Paul, what do you got? Hey, I got a question in the statement. First, my question is, how do you think Bob Myers is going to approach drafts going forward? Clearly, since the you know the the two timelines have failed, will they be more hesitant on players needing development? And secondly, the Eagles are going to smack the Chiefs upside down. Uh, yeah, what do you guys think? Okay, so I'll tell you this: this is the first Thursday of a Super Bowl week that we didn't even mention football not once in my entire almost twenty year long radio career. So we'll have a lot on the Super Bowl tomorrow. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs on Monday. I haven't changed my mind yet. And you know want to know why I like the Chiefs, Ray? Patrick Mahomes. He's a part of it. <laughs> How generous of me to figure that out. You give, two, you give two weeks of prep time to Andy Reid, he usually wins that game. I think the difference on Sunday is Andy Reid having two weeks. He'll throw, he'll throw at least two goofy plays at Nick Sirianni because that's what he does in big games. In fact, um, the Ringer had a great story about great Andy Reid plays in history. Just bizarre things that he thought of or stole from playbooks from 60 years ago. We will have much more on the Super Bowl tomorrow. All the tomfoolery with prop bets and all the stuff that comes with a show the Friday that you're supposed to do before you get to the Super Bowl. And then, oh, Sunday, it is the, hey, how are you? Welcome back to the crib day for Gary Payton II. Uh, he will, I'm guessing, pass his physical tomorrow. We will talk to Steve Kerr tomorrow at 5 o'clock. And we got Warriors and Lakers on Saturday before the Super Bowl on Sunday. How about this? This is uh, Ray's Wright calling from Martinez. Ray's Wright? About what? Yeah. Uh, my mom said that I would know one day. <laughs> okay. 95-7 game. It, it, it proved who I was. Thank you. We're we're almost out of time here. So we're, your mom your mom loves you, and so does Ray. Well, let's not jump to any conclusions about the second part or, or about either part. Well, of he that. wants to be right. 
Well, well, we, I'm not taking his word for it. Um, I don't know what he was right about. I don't either. He didn't make a declarative statement. Uh, Regina in Oakland. Final call of the show today. Regina, do us proud. Hello. Hey, you guys. What's up? Okay. I'm glad GP2 is back, but I got two questions for y'all. Do you think DiVincenzo's, uh, Jerome's, and Poole's minutes will be affected by the return of GP2? And then my second question is, along with the comment, earlier in the season, Steve Kerr was diligent in trying to figure out the best combinations to be most efficient. Now, Steve has to refigure out the most effective combos with the addition of GP2. GP2. Well, the so nice thing is, is he 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 knows kind of how that puzzle piece fits. Yeah, he's done this before. Yeah, so that's the difference that that Gary Payton II has. I mean, he he has fit this team, pun intended, like a glove just a year ago. Will he take minutes away from Poole or Kaminga? No, no, he didn't say Kaminga. He said Divincenzo. Oh, okay. Um, he will take minutes away from Jerome. He might take a minute or two from DiVincenzo. I don't think he will affect Poole. You're not going to see Moody again this year either. I wouldn't think so, but I'd never really counted him as a guy who had minutes to take away. Right. Poole won't be affected uh, because obviously right now he's starting and he is the sixth man as soon as he comes back. Kaminga's not going to be affected. DiVincenzo has become a trusted agent. By the way, we didn't even talk about it. How about the dunk DiVincenzo had last night? Anyone else see that? Dude, that was... That was that was a mama Chewbacca. That was a that was a nasty dunk. That was something else. Unfortunately, the Warriors lost the game. Uh, That's how most of those sentences end. Yeah, uh, w- w- there will be more discussion as to what the Warriors did last night and what the Warriors did this morning. Coming up on Warriors Roundtable with Kevin Dana and Gary St. Jean. That's brought to you by Fremont Bank, and it's right around the corner. Lucas, outstanding, Grandy, thank you very much for Ray. I'm Damon. Sports don't build character, they reveal it. And like that, he's gone. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.